Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Oh, 
I want you to open your heart to receive our pastor. Let's stand to our feet. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to put your hands together for our pastor. Clap for ES Joy. Put your hands together for her. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you. Add your shouts. Your King of Kings. We bow down and worship you. Everybody sing. Words cannot explain how great you are. I could search more through and I will never find someone like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet and just make our confession before the word of God comes? You want to just take your Bible? Let's go. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Well, today I'm preaching for just a short time. Hey, you are the one who didn't come to the camp. We have been preaching for days. <laughs> are you there? Hallelujah. I just want us to take a few important announcements before I forget them. Is that okay? The first important announcement is that there's a convention coming up with Bishop Steve Asari. It's a good place to clap. Bishop Steve Asari is coming to have a convention with the entire denomination. It's happening at our headquarters at Tikrum, and he'll be with us on Wednesday, on Thursday. And on Friday. Amen. Tell your neighbor, we are going. <coughs> mm. Some of you, as soon as you heard Tikrom, you said, minus me. But I need to inform you that it is our headquarters here in Kumasi, and it is not about to change anytime soon. So the sooner we rather get used to going there, are you there? The sooner we get used to going there, the better for us. So tell your neighbor, we are going. We are going. Uh-huh. And so, as time goes on, you will see the information concerning busing, etc., etc., for those who need help to get there. But we're going to go, and I can tell you one thing, you will be blessed. Bishop Steve Asari is one of our, I don't know, longest serving bishops, yes, yes, one of our longest serving bishops, and he's a very interesting preacher. You know, when you see him like that, he just looks like somebody just moving around, but very powerful. He has one of the largest churches, UD churches in Accra. I remember that there was a time when his church was under a lot of um, fire in terms of having a place to meet. And I refer to this because what was amazing to me was that the more the church struggled to find a place to meet, the bigger the church grew. Yeah, when they find a place, then they outgrow the place. Are you there? Yeah, they moved out of a place then they went to another place. Somebody gave them his house. They overgrew the house. They outran the house. The person said, at the garden, they outran the garden as well. Then they went to find a place at a market. I mean, if you are taking your church to a market, you must have faith. <laughs> it 
It was on the top floor of some market. We, they went there, that one too, they were still growing. They grew until they had no option but to build their own place because there was nowhere else. Yeah. All that time they had got land, but you know it takes time to get land and to build. And it tells you something about the anointing that the person carries. Are you in the house? And then he started the, he's the one who started the Achimota church. So they moved into the church hall. The church grew and after a while, he left the church for his assisting bishop and he moved to the Ayawaso Cathedral. I still remember the day that he was moving into the cathedral and I was watching keenly. You see, it depends on what you're interested in. And when I got on the video, the church was full. I said, ah. So after the meeting, I called him. And I said, oh, Bishop Steve, so did you take some people with you from Archimota? He said, never. I want them not to follow. It was a new church, totally. They had done work in the area. Started by sentence, told them, our church is coming, our church is coming. When do we finish? The church was full. I would like to listen to such a man. Yeah. I said, I would like to listen to such a man. He's a chartered accountant by profession. Before he went full-time, he was the regional head of uh, who could I have forgotten? One of the banks. Which bank was that? Something. Some bank be here in Kumasi. Yeah. He is also the pastor of my husband and myself. Because when we started, and Daddy Bishop wanted to train us to go and start the church in Tamale, he put us in the Achimota church when it was starting. And it was Bishop Steve who told us, we pass here, we do this, we do this, we do this, we do this. Hallelujah. So that that relationship has been there. And I want you to enjoy him. Amen? So tell your neighbor, we're going to try and find a way. Tell your neighbor, we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to be there. Hallelujah. And that is Wednesday the 11th to Friday the 13th. Our choir is going to be ministering there. Our dancing stars are going to be ministering there. And it's going to be a good time. Then also I want to remind you that we have a crusade coming up on the 17th of November. It's at Atonsu and you don't want to miss it. Amen. Are you there? Mm. Turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. If you don't do anything at all, please, we also need certain stars. Do you know who certain stars are? <laughs> Everybody in the chair doing something. We are all stars. Tell your neighbor you're also a star. So a sitting star doesn't sing, doesn't, doesn't do anything. But we just need some people who just sit down. Why? Because it encourages people who don't know anything about what we are doing. How many of us, you go to a place, you see the chair, then you go and sit? It's only when you see some, some people sitting. Then you say, okay, then you also perch. So we also need you. Tell your neighbor, we need you. Whoever you are, we need you. And I have to say, because some of you are like, oh, me, I don't do anything. I'm not in charge of sound. I don't do this. I don't. Please, we still need you. And so put it down on your calendar. It's a Friday, and we're going to be there. Amen and amen. All right. And then also, this month is our Honor Your Prophet month, and we're going to have some kind of a celebration that will be very interesting on the 22nd, Sunday the 22nd. So just prepare, just be ready for it. Amen. Remember that we spoke about... This year, we are using other honor means, other honor, because it coincides the same year as the 60th birthday. Many of us gave everything we could give for that, and we're saying, but there are other ways to honor. There are other ways to honor. And so, look forward to the 22nd of October, right here in the Fountain of Life Cathedral. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Today, I'm just preaching to you shortly. I've been talking since Friday. (laughs) And um, I think we've had a very good camp. Amen. And I want us to also put our hands together for the organizers. Amen. Because for this camp, all the people who normally organize were told to step back. And the new group of people, they organized. Of course, they were seeking counsel and instruction and support from those who've done it before. But I think they did a good job. They did a good job. So put their hands together for them. Hallelujah. Now, this morning, I'm going to be sharing a message. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, la, 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 Hallelujah. Can someone take us to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35? Let me start there. I'm going to be talking to you about why preaching and teaching are powerful. Preaching and teaching, where they are powerful. Now, I was saying, because I'm not sure I'll finish, but I'm going to start. Is that okay? Let's look at this scripture. We started, in fact, the camp, we, we went in here a little bit where the scripture says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, those of you behind the computer, if you can uh, underline or mark out for me the words teaching, preaching, and healing. Why? Because, you know, I want you to think about something. Assuming that you were God, I thought you'd be saying God forbid. But <laughs> assume that you were God and, and you wanted to save some people and you've sent your son down and he has a mission to save the people, to change their lives. You know, I think that one's a little bit too big. So let us say that we want to save Kumasi. Uh-huh. Let's, just, let's just come to our neighborhood. Let's just come to our area. You have three years to make a difference. Some people ate Kura, we are not seeing top, but let's, let's not go into that this morning. But you have three years, you want to make a difference. And I was asking at the camp, what are some of the things that you would do? And people gave very interesting answers. Some people said, I'll work on power supply so that ECG will stop cutting off. Some people said, we'll work on water. Some people said, what? We'll build hospitals. Some said, they'll do the roads. They'll do what? Uh-huh. Some said, one village, one dam. What again? Schools. Some people said free education. Some said free quality education. Now they've qualified the education. Okay. Somebody too said free money. They just go around. Are you seeing the different ways? I mean, all these are helpful, or it's not helpful. Hey, you are very quiet, oh. Or you, your light is on all the time. Uh huh. Then somebody too said uh, his network. The network will be working all the time. Uh-huh. What again? Yeah, some people say free food. All kinds of things. But it will interest you to note that Jesus had an even bigger mandate than us. His mandate was for the whole world. And he had three years to accomplish it. And when he came, he didn't do any of the things we said we will do. He did not start a single school. Nothing. He didn't pay water bill. He didn't do any water. In fact, tax credit, they had to chase him before he caught a fish and removed the tax and paid it. Didn't do all the things we are thinking about. But there were some things he did. He did teaching. He did preaching. And he, he did healing. 
that if he wants to reach everybody and make a difference to everyone, uh, even after he's gone, he'll continue to make a difference. These are the things that he was going to do. It is something that should make us sit up and understand that maybe there's more to this preaching and teaching than we know. Hello? Are you in the church? There's more to it. And I need to say it because you are a child of God and many of us, we neither preach nor teach. Uh-huh. And by pastor, you are standing behind the, uh, the pulpit. If you give me the pulpit, I will manifest for you right now. I don't know why you think that you need a pulpit before you preach or teach. Because I don't recall that Jesus needed one. Yeah. So I've already occupied this one. Also, in your house, in your school, in your office, what are you doing? You see. And the reason is because sometimes when you even want to talk to a person, you feel that, oh, I'm not qualified. And you feel that like I don't match up and I don't have a title. I don't have all the things I think I need to have. And that's why today I need to show you that it is the preaching and the teaching that make the difference, not you. It will interest you to know that most of the people the Lord used to preach and teach, totally useless. Including you and me all. Do you understand when I say useless? We are not as perfect as we think we ought to be. You see, when I meet people who are very, they are very shocked. Hey, this is a pastor and he did this. I was like, ah, why are you surprised? Before he ever became a man of God, he was a man. And in so far as he's a man, we are all shambolic. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are all shambolic. It's only that on Sunday morning we bath and we powder it and we paint it and then we come and sit in the church. But honestly, honestly, I mean honestly. I want to ask you honestly and seriously, if you were God, would you choose you? Ah! Me and mom, dear, definitely not. I don't choose myself. <laughs> Hello? Am I talking to some real people in the house? I just want to know if you are real because some of us, we are such pretenders. We don't know who the real you is. But many of us, Charlie, <laughs> we are so sure. We, 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 we just can see our shortcomings. But today I want you to see that it's not about you. Uh-huh. It's not about you. Please tell your neighbor today that it's not about you. If it were about you, I don't know what Rahab is doing in the line of the Bible. Hello? I don't know what she's doing. Like, what do you say? David. King David. King David. I don't know why God will use him. I don't know why. Are you in the house? And pastor, so are you saying that we should go and do wrong? Your temperature must be taken. (laughs) We are not saying that aspire to evil. We are saying that the way that we are. I mean, as you are here this morning, you have told lies already. Oh, this morning as you came, somebody you have arrived in church hoping somebody will be careless with their phone so you can steal it. It's all happening in the church. So please don't, don't let us go into what we don't want to go into this morning. Allow us to leave your cover intact. <laughs> Amen. But let me give you a few reasons why preaching and teaching are powerful. And I need you to understand that the two things are different. They're different. Yeah. Now, the first reason why preaching is powerful is that it is the one thing that deals with sin. It deals with sin. Man 
we, are, we have accepted that we are fallen people. And throughout the years, we have invented various ways to try and cure <clears throat> our sinfulness. When you see a prison there, the idea with the prison is to make you not do it again. That's number one. We have to clear you off the road, so whatever you did, you won't do it again. But they are actually hoping to reform you. That by the time you come out, they've taught you a lesson. So when you come out, you don't go there again. Is that what happens? No, 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 no. No. A prison cannot. Amen? When you are young, they'll be using the police to frighten you. But when you grow small, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you will see that there's nothing that can remove sin from you. In fact, if you have ever committed a sin that you are ashamed of, let me describe that sin for you. A sin that you, can, you, can, you are ashamed of is one that when you remember, it does you like this. Have you had some before? The remembrance of it cry, you, you still feel the embarrassment and the has happened to you before. You think you can just put it down, remove it? No. No. But preaching, preaching, see a stubborn boy Family class giving up. You hear some words sometime, and there'll be a change. Yeah, there'll be a change. Some of you should remember where you came from. Yeah. Well, you see, when we come, then we forget where we came from. Oh, I don't want to remind you where you used to be on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Ah, that's why I ask you if there are real people in the church today. If there are real ones. Yeah, real people. Some of you have known you for a long time. I don't want to look at any face. <laughs> yes, I know people who on Sunday morning we had to go and fish them from somewhere and bring. Ask anybody, see you? Hey, you knew that somebody likes your friend, then you went to like the person, and you are all in the same church and in the same choir. Hey, tell anybody, look, I, I don't want to say a lot of things, I don't want to say a lot of things. But you have forgotten, and then why a camera? You know, the most interesting thing is that he doesn't even leave the, on our face the, the, the sign of where, what we were doing, where we are from. Yeah, many sons have a way of marking you. But today, when you even tell your testimony, they think you are lying. Because it doesn't even show. Are you there? But how did the change come? Preaching. 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 When I was on campus, I was, there's nothing about me that was correct. I lived two separate lives. Home is one, school is the other. I still remember Bishop and his people, the Bishop was a year behind us. They would come and be preaching downstairs, and I would tell my roommates that these people, if they knock our door, it will be messy over here this morning. <laughs> the church is very quiet. One day, Sister Mammy was in the same hall. And she, one day she said, oh, she was saying something about the um, IHCF, the Christian Fellowship on Campus. And I said, oh, some of me, everything you are saying, I don't know about it, though. I mean, I wasn't a Christian on campus. She said, oh, really? I said, I wasn't at all. I became a believer after during my national service year. Then she said, really? Then I told her, my friends, and I listened. She said, hey! <laughs> she said, really? Those people were your friends? It's like a gang of incorrect. None of us. No sanity. You see, as I'm telling you, some of you are looking at me that, eh, really? <laughs> think about yourself. Think about yourself. And don't worry me. But I didn't know that as I was lying there and they are preaching, no, 
the preaching was working something. It was working something. Yeah. It was working something. It is the preaching that removes sin from us. Nothing else can. You have gone to do an abortion. Only preaching can help you. You will remember it. Oh. When they tell you that, oh, you forget nothing, you wait. I know people, when they had their first baby, when they, she couldn't stop crying as if she was grieving. Yeah. And she told me, she was not a believer. She was outside somewhere. She said, it's when I held my first baby. I said, hey, is it one of these that I got rid of? And she began to wail. They started to look for psychologists, psychiatrists. It's word of God that will remove it. Preaching that will remove it. Preaching that will remove it. And listen, it has passed, okay? Somebody poured his blood so that you can ask for forgiveness and leave it. And say, take it away. Remove the memory of it. Preaching is powerful. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. It's preaching that resolves the issue of sin. The second thing about preaching is that it, is, it releases the power of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 6. Romans 1 and verse 6. For I am not ashamed. Oh, really? Have I looked for something wrong? Fine for me. I'm ashamed of the gospel. Uh-huh, 16 rather. I beg your pardon. Look at it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. Are you there? It is the power. You see, when you share the word of God with somebody you preach, believe that it has power in itself. Many times it looks like nothing is happening. Hello? When we had the crusade at Amstead, it was one of the crusades I was not happy with at all because the sound messed up such that many people could not hear, couldn't hear clearly. So I wondered that, oh, this one, dear, in fact, it is not as it should have been. Are you there? So I preached my heart out, but Charlie, how for do? The next morning, I got a text from a young man. And the young man said to me that I was at the crusade and I listened to the word of God. And there was a girl in front of me. And he said, when you started to preach, she cried and she cried and she cried. And when you gave the altar call, she got up and she came forward. And I knew that even in the middle of the whole mess, the word of God, the power of it was working. It was working. Tell your neighbor, it's not you about you, it's not about me. It's the word. The power of the word. Hallelujah. Are you there? Psalm 107 and verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Maybe you don't know, but we need healing. Hey. So many of us, eh, where we are sick, it's not the type that medicine can do anything about. Mm. Hello? You didn't know that you are sick, Sam. You're looking at me like you are very innocent. When you are chasing the trot rod driver for 10 pesos, are you well? <laughs> I'm asking you a question. Look at your manifestation. When you put the crime, I'm not saying you should go around dashing your 10 pesos, but I'm asking you, I say, your manifestation. Do you understand when I say manifestation? Over 10 pesos. Hey, Debia, Sanamoya, Nadeva, Nabo, 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 Nabo,
One of our members, she told me that before she was aware, she had come down from the trust and she was following the maid through the market, shouting, What did we take place? What did we take Are you in the church this morning? Yeah. Tell your neighbor, look, we need healing in places that no hand can reach there. Hey. You are here this morning. Somebody has disappointed you big time. Big time. And as you walk around, you cannot trust anybody. It's only the word that will get in there and mend that disappointment for you to be normal again. Maybe you don't know that things can happen that you will never be normal again. You have trusted somebody and they have done you. You can easily, hey, can easily be some way. Are you in the church? Yeah. But look at it. He sent his word. It was word he sent. You don't know how it works. Have you ever been afraid? Fear is something you cannot reason with. Fear. Are you in the church? Hey, you are very quiet. Why am I preaching to human beings? Most of you who are looking at tired cry, you didn't come to the camp some, so I don't understand. Those of us who went to the camp, if we are tired, we understand. We have not slept much. We are tired. But you, you didn't come, so I don't know why you are looking tired. It's preaching you didn't have. The rest of us, we got some preaching. That's what we are working on. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you there? Yeah. You made me forget the point. Anyway. Anyway. The word of God, that's what he sent to heal us. Because, Charlie, things can happen in life and we are not normal. You see, Africans, we used to blow over it and say, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, the white man makes a meal out of it and we, there, we go to the other extreme and we just blow over it. You see, until the person is an adult and comes to take over a nation and take the nation into war. Before you understand that, it was the rejection from his home. This, that, 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 that was not many. It has now come to manifest and we are all paying the price for it. In Africa, we have paid a heavy price, nation after nation after nation, over this kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some disappointed child who never got some word to heal them in a place that needed healing. But the Lord sent his word and he healed them and delivered us from our distraction. If it is left to us, we'll all press self-destruct. And there are some of you, our church members, I'm still struggling with you not to press the self-destruct. Yeah. The thing you want to do, it is going to just burn you up. Hey. Mercy. Let me give you one more thing about preaching. This next one is actually my favorite point. That preaching brings hope. Yeah. Preaching brings hope. Give me Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Let me show you the first part of that scripture. Look at something. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That's the things in the Bible. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Might have hope. You may think hope is not important, but you don't know, you do not understand its importance until you have no hope. When you have no hope, you suddenly realize that even the desire to live, it leaves you. Yeah. When you have no hope, you cannot even have faith to believe God. Yes. Because the Bible describes faith as what? The evidence of things hoped for. 
So when there's no hope, does it? There's an experiment that our father has talked about many times. It's also written about in this book. And it was an experiment done with mice. They caught mice, two mice of the same family. They'd grown up in the same way. They put them in a bucket of water. And the first one was put into a box with no light. Three minutes, it was dead. You can't see anywhere. There's no hope. The second one was put into a similar box, but at the top of the box, a little hole had been made, not big enough for him to do anything with, but to bring, allow light through. That one lived for several days. What was the difference? The one in the dark box, no hope. No hope. Just gave up. The one with small light, small light, it lived. That is why in the hospital, they cannot tell who is going to live and who is going to die. Because at times, somebody who is severely injured lives. And somebody with some small something dies. The difference at times is just the hope. And the preaching of the word, if it doesn't do anything at all, it brings hope. It fills man with hope that there will be a better tomorrow, that there will be a better day, that if life is somewhere, there's somewhere that we are going to, that something is going to improve tomorrow. Am I talking to some people in the church today? Hallelujah. So the word of God gives us hope. Amen. Amen. My final point for this morning, I told you that I won't finish preaching. I won't finish my message today. I will continue next week by the grace of God. Yeah. The last thing I want to share with you is that preaching saves lives. Preaching saves lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. <laughs> Another favorite scripture of mine. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that, them that believe. I love it because even God says that it's foolishness. It looks so non-scoring. Yeah. And yet it is a lifesaver. Are you there? It is a lifesaver. When God wanted to, to save the, 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 the people of Nineveh, he just sent them one prophet. Yeah. Many of us, when he wanted to save us, he just sent us somebody preaching the word. Mm. And through the foolishness of preaching. It's called foolishness because all other things seem to make sense. I mean, if I was God, I tell you I'll terrify the world. Gosh. To bring people to Christ. Ah! Some lightning and thunder you have never seen before. And inside you hear a voice. You better give your life to me. To me. Give your life now or you perish and die. Give your life now. Brr, blah, blah. Fire, brimstone. He didn't do any of <laughs> Ah, Oh, you don't think it will be effective small? Ah. Even when they take cane, there are some of you, when they even just hold a cane, they have not hit you yet, Christ, you start confessing. But God, he chose the foolishness of preaching. He said, preaching is foolishness, but that's my choice. That's my choice. Because when I finish preaching here, I have absolutely no power to make you even remember what I said. That's why we have to go and get a whole film star to come and do things here to remind you of what was preached the week before. Because they So even to remember, we have no power to make you remember. How much more? Where will we find the power to make you do what you hear? But through preaching, the foolishness of preaching, our lives are changed. Mighty things are happening. Human beings are changed. Are you in the church this morning? I thank God that we have given us the gift of the word of God, preaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. This morning, I just want to say to you, let preaching be something you listen to all the time. All the time. 
Are you there? All the time. It doesn't even have to be a word that is necessarily something you need. But just because it has power. It's like when you eat. There are some things you don't even know why you eat them. Just explain to me what is the use of what? Eh? What? Willie, what's the use? You could have eaten some other meat. What's the use? After all, there's egg on the watch here also. But you ate it. And definitely it has done something in your body. What again? Beans with egg, fish, all inside the same meal. Why? Sausage. Someone said, someone's even adding salad. That's a new one to me. And you've eaten it. So when you are eating your physical meal, you don't really know what everything does, but you eat it and you enjoy it. In the same way, you don't know what every preaching does. But listen to it anyway. Listen to it anyway. It's powerful and it's doing something in you. Maybe there's sometimes, sometimes some of the things we need healing, we don't even know yet. Are you there? Sometimes it's something that will make you see that, hey, son, now this thing, I was sick, I never knew. From the reaction that you had. Remember one time I was preaching about offenses and I told you that I realized that, ah, I'm not forgiving somebody. I didn't know. Oh, me, I thought the matter is over, it's long ago, it's past. But as I was preaching, a certain feeling came from someone. I said, hey, is this matter still there? And I realized that it needed more work. May we continue to listen to preaching. And not only listen to preaching, may we ourselves preach at every opportunity we can get to help somebody else, encourage somebody else, give somebody else hope, and may the grace of God be with us. Stand to your feet this afternoon. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, you want to just bow down your head. I don't want you to pray for yourself this time, but I want you to pray and say, Lord, in this coming week, show me somebody to whom I can preach something. Sometimes it's just your quiet time. One day, I said one day, a KNUSD student, he was in class and the teacher was late. And he had read his Bible, he had had his quiet time. And he, that day, he never did it before again, but that day he felt pushed to share his quiet time. So he came to the front of his class and he shared his quiet time. When he finished his quiet time, he gave an altar call. And just two people out of the class came to the front and gave their names to Christ. One of them is Bishop Eddie Febin. The other one is at the top of the Church of Pentecost. Two men. He never knew that his preaching that day was what was going to bring them. What if he had not preached? This week, you're praying just a prayer. Lord, let me preach to somebody. Let me preach. Even if it is just my quiet time, even if it's just my testimony, even if it's just a, a verse, whatever it is, lift up your voice and pray just for two minutes. Show me somebody, Lord, to preach to, to share something with, Lord. Lord, show me, help me, Lord. Help me to do this, Lord. Help me to do this, Lord. Help me to preach to somebody. Show me somebody, Lord, to share a word with, Lord, to preach a word to, Lord. My quiet time, Lord. Help me, O oh Lord. Help me this morning, this afternoon, Lord. I'm asking for your help. Show me, Lord. Oh, lift your voice and pray. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Lift your voice and pray as we close. Show me, Lord.
I just want you to take the opportunity, allow the preaching of the word to move you. Maybe you have been in church often, but you've never given your life to him, or you just don't know what your stand is. But today you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. You are here, you want to give your life to him. Let me see your right hand in the air. We're going to pray together. He says, what you believe in your heart, we're going to confess it. I want you all to just pray this prayer with me this morning. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my lord thank you for saving me in jesus name amen and amen we 
believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at folcaidiasi. God richly bless you.